0: Welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our sermon series called All the Fields, where we explore the deep emotions that are common to every one of us. We desire to allow the Holy Spirit to shape our emotions so that they don't drive and control our lives, but instead help us live in a God-honoring way. Today, we speak about the emotion of fear. Fear on its own is not a bad thing, but when it becomes irrational and constant, it can cripple our lives completely. Will you quieten yourself and allow God to speak to any fear that you have in your life today? Hello, everyone. It is so good to be back. Um, So... Today, we are going to be going along the same series of all the feels. So I think so far we have done anger, sadness, grief, disgust, and then we did anxiety slash worry last week. And this year, we're going to be kind of doing um, almost like part two of what Tina covered last week because she did worry and anxiety. And we're doing fear today. You could many times group those together. They could be synonymous for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That's where we're headed to today is we're talking about fear, right? Something that everyone probably loves. No, no one really likes to be in fear, do we? So, um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, start, uh, by praying and then uh, we'll get into, uh, what I have prepared. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together. Lord, as always, we are so grateful and thankful that we can gather here, um, because of our love for you, because we follow you. Uh, thank you for what you've helped me prepare. We I said uh, you would speak to all of us, uh, me included, Lord, and uh, that uh, uh, no matter what fear we're facing right now, that uh, we would turn to you. As we have seen with all our emotions, Lord, there is uh, one true and trite solution that is to turn towards you. So show us how to turn towards you in the midst of our fears as well, Father. Lord, we thank you again for the safety in which we, gather today and we ask that uh, you would keep us safe and that you would give us uh, the strength and the power uh, to follow you and to stay on your path of righteousness that you've laid out in front of us. We love you. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen. So we are going to talk about fear today. Um, I think fear is a word that uh, the English language has uh, many words for it might be a word that you probably maybe don't like to use at church because it's almost like a Christian bad word because who really wants to express any kind of fear they're in or any kind of fear they're expressing, right? We many times may have told ourselves that as Christians, uh, we shouldn't be in fear. Uh, but as we all know, fear is pretty much a shared human experience. Uh, whether you've told yourself that you shouldn't fear or not, you have probably experienced fear at some point. Maybe you're experiencing some kind of fear right now as we're speaking about it. So, um, because sometimes it's one of those negative emotions that we tell ourselves, we probably give different words to it and uh, to let people know what we're feeling, but maybe not really say the word fear. I mean, there are so many synonyms to go with fear, right? Uh, I'm uneasy, uh, worried, nervous, Anxious, tense, uptight, scared, haunted, spooked, afraid, panicked, terrified, petrified. the list goes on, right but all of them in some way or uh, nuance communicate uh, fear. So um, we're gonna uh, talk a few different things uh, about fear and how it relates to us. I kind of started with um, we all know that um, fear is, is it's a feeling of being scared or anxious, right? But what is fear really communicating to us as humans? So what is fear when we fear or when we fear something or when fear comes up within us, what is it telling us? So what is fear communicating? What is it telling you? So just as we have found out with many of our emotions, it is telling us that something we value is under threat. Right, so something that you hold close, something that uh, you hold that is valuable to use under threat. Um, something bad might happen to something that you care about. Uh, something bad might happen to something that you hold dear, something you cherish, something you love, right? Or uh, the future holds. Uh, there's a threat for potential loss in the future for this thing that you value. So. What fear is communicating is that something you value is under threat. There are lots of things that we value in life, right? In our lives, uh, if uh, we are married, our marriages, if we have children, our children, um, jobs, money, there are lots of things we value. So fear comes up when one of these things that we value is under threat. So that is what fear lets us know. So our fear... Because it's connected to what we value so much. It is a very insightful window into what we actually value. An insightful window into our lives and the things that are valued by us. So, which means it points directly to what we hold close to the treasures of our life, right? So, what we value is the things that we treasure. So, when fear creeps up, figuring out what that fear what kind of value that fear might be related to would really give you an insight into what you hold dear. What are the treasures that you hold close to? You. Um, some of the treasures that we hold close are our personal health. Uh, sometimes it's the wealth that uh, we've accumulated or the money that we have, uh, jobs. Uh, maybe it's something more abstract, uh, like acceptance of other people or comfort. Um, Comfort, personally, something that I value. I like to be comfortable. Um, I like comfort to be there in our lives. So, like, uh, so there are so many things that fear can communicate to us. But th- the main thing is that it gives us a clear picture of the things that we hold valuable in our lives. So, now this doesn't always mean that the things fear only stems from the unimportant things that we hold valuable or like they not so it's not it all doesn't always stem from anything negative it can stem from the very important things that we hold valuable as well or anxiety so like it's not always like um negative thing um because um if you i mean we hold our lives valuable so we take precautions to make sure that we are safe Right, so uh, we hold the lives of our children to be valuable, so we set certain boundaries so they are safe. So it's uh, there are certain aspects where, like you uh, do things for safety that kind of, I mean, that when something that you value is under threat, so it may not always be a fully negative thing, but you know, it just still depends on what. We value, right? So, um, something very interesting that we can see in scripture about, um, uh, what, va- what people might value and how this might bring up anxiety. But it's not really a negative thing, but a more of a positive thing. Uh, if we read second Corinthians, it's uh, chapter 11 and it's kind of from around verses, um, uh, 23 all the way to verses uh, 28, okay? So I'm gonna read Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 28. So, are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more, I have worked much harder. This is Paul talking, um, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again, Five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked besides everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. So some translations say I, the I feel daily the anxiety or the pressure of my anxiety for all the churches. So anxiety many times synonymous with fear. So like here, uh, Paul is expressing this anxiety that he feels, but it's not in like a, a sinful way. Um, you, he gives you a list of all the sufferings he's gone through. Right, he probably repeats the word in danger like 10 times in a matter of a couple of verses. So he has given us a long list of the things that he has endured, right? But he doesn't express any kind of anxiety with any kind with any one of these dangers. So he has been out in the open sea for a day and a night. I mean, that alone is anxiety causing thinking about being out in the open sea or being shipwrecked or being constantly in physical danger. Yet the thing that he expresses anxiety for is his concern for the churches. But you see that his concern for the churches, how by going to God, how it is fruitful because you see all the letters he's written. You see how he pastors the churches that he's planted with love. You see how he uh, writes to them, warning them about uh, danger. So like it is, so in, in this case that Paul, even though he expresses anxiety, sometimes I think we always think it's negative. But it, in this way, his anxiety is expressed in his care and concern for the churches. So just, just to give an example of how anxiety doesn't always have to be negative, but it can lead you to do things that uh, are very caring and concerning and godly like uh, Paul was doing. But so just... An example there. Anyway, so back to talking about fear. So fear uh, comes up when something we value is under threat, right? So it, and when we see the, I mean, and when it shows us what we value, we know that's where our heart is because our hearts uh, really lie with what we value. Where fear flourishes, your heart will be also because fear is always connected to the things that you value, right? So kind of talk about so now that we kind of know what fear is and what it tells us we're going to talk about uh, what does fear many times motivate us to do so three things that uh, fear motivates us to do uh, it uh, motivates us to seek uh, safety uh, seek control and seek certainty so safety seems uh, pretty straightforward right when you are in danger for something we look for safety and this is a very good thing um, when uh, there is a cyclone uh, bearing down on Chennai. Um, if you are in a flood-prone area, you will seek safety. Either you evacuate and go somewhere else, or you go up to the second floor if you have a multiple-story home, because or move all of your furniture, anything up. Like it is this concern. I mean, so you know something that you value is under threat when the cyclone comes. So. You seek safety, so you make some decisions so that everybody is safe and your belongings are safe, right? Um, and then uh, you it motivates you to seek control. Um, yeah, examples could be uh, setting boundaries for your children. Um, come in before dark. Uh, when you play, please play in this designated area because this area is safe for you. So there are good things that come from this and then the certainty certainty is a little bit more difficult to flesh out because it's uh, there is hard to bring sometimes certainty to situations but we do try um but yeah so like many times what fear motivates us towards safety and control are good things that keep us safe uh, that keep the things that we value safe especially the people around us mm-hmm. um however these are positive examples of this it can lead to negative examples as well. Just in the pursuit of safety and control uh, because of our fear, there could be different things that we do, right? For example, if um, your fear is you have a fear of judgment uh, around people, then maybe when you're at church, uh, if you are constantly thinking about people are judging you, you may withdraw and stay away from people that might prevent you from making meaningful connections because you have this constant fear of judgment so or um, if you have a fear of uh, rejection right same thing it might cause you to not make any kind of meaningful relationships at church so even so because when you have a fear of judgment maybe you want safety so you would draw back or you want a sense of control so you try not to talk to certain people uh, same with any kind of or fear of rejection so um you see how depending on the situation depending how we react there can be either positive or negative outcomes on how uh fear motivates us fear we talk that it communicates our i mean that our values are on the chat uh, we just mentioned that how fear motivates is uh, it motivates us towards safety and control. Now, let's talk a little bit about how we identify our fears, right? Some few practical things. Uh, many times, um, one easy way to identify your fear that you might have is there could be physical symptoms. Uh, you could have shortness of breath or rapid breathing. Your palms could get sweaty. Your heart rate could increase. Um, so there are like these physical symptoms that can come up. Uh, that could be behavioral symptoms, uh, where if, uh, a fear might cause you to do things repeatedly, uh, like if there is anxiety associated with travel and stuff, you may be checking your tickets six, seven times over and over again to make sure you have the right date. You make sure that you have the right passports and everything. You're checking those over and over again. Kind of went through this, uh, Back in April, when we got to go back uh, to the States over a couple of years, um, I felt like I was triple, quadruple, quintuple. I mean, whatever number you can think of, I was checking everything over and over again because there were COVID tests, there was this endorsement and everything. And on top of that, making sure we have our passports and our OCI cards. And there were so many things to carry that I found myself for a couple of days going through all the paperwork over and over again because of the anxiety that uh, this travel is coming up. And then you get to the airport and they really don't check anything. They just check your passport and something and they're like, okay, be on your way. So all that anxiety was for nothing. So, but I was, because of my anxiety or my fear that something could go wrong at the airport, I was motivated to have this, try and control everything by doing everything over and over. And that came out kind of behaviorally in how many times I repeated something. Uh, but, uh, this, but really some of the, one of the most common ways we can identify a fear is, uh, we ask ourselves the what if question, right? What if I lose my job? What if, uh, I don't have enough money to pay rent today? Uh, what if, uh, I get in a, car accident. So many what ifs we ask ourselves. And these what ifs really help us identify the fears that uh, we might have. Even subtle ones that may not come up a lot. Um, these what if questions will help bring up. There are so many what if questions that we might be asking. And so when the next time you ask a what if question it uh, and you're mindful of this, take a moment to pause and see what kind of Thing that you value, what kind of thing that you value that this what if question might be connected to. Okay. So that's a, a snippet on how you might be able to identify fears in your life. And um, the next one is uh, I think once you may have identified a fear, a good exercise would be to kind of explore this fear and dig a little deeper to see what is happening. A way that you can do this is kind of making observations. Um, in what context do I he- feel this fear? So maybe you've identified that this fear has come up. Uh, when do I feel this? Am I feeling like this when I am uh, going home after work? Am I feeling like this on my way to work? Am I? Is there a certain time of year you feel like this? Is there anxiety associated around the holidays? Uh, maybe some person's anniversary or you're remembering a grief that you went through associated with the death a couple years ago or a year ago, like so kind of examining um, when you have this feeling of fear, right? Or is it certain people, certain locations that bring up this? So that's one way to examine it. Um, uh, and then another way to examine is, so what are you doing about your fear? Um, many times when fear comes up, we do something about it, right? Um, uh, there's some way to cope, some way to process Yeah, so, uh, there could be, there's a plethora of things, right? That we might be using to cope. Maybe it's self-medication. Maybe it's an overindulging in alcohol. Uh, maybe nowadays it's getting consumed by social media, uh, getting distracted on Instagram or TikTok. Oh no, we don't have TikTok in India or something else, right? So just, or daydreaming or, fantasizing about something something to get you distracted from your fear or even overwork, where we put ourselves into work a lot. So there are ways that we, what are we doing about our fear? So there's one way to examine it. Uh, many times we just get lost in this uh, labyrinth of all our anxious thoughts that have come up. So we kind of follow one thought after the other in our minds and get lost in them, all these thoughts that add anxiety. Add more anxiety to the present situation, right? We could get irritable or critical of the people around us. That could be a way we, what we do when fear comes up. Yeah. Or we could uh, be in the practice of when fear comes up, turning to God in prayer. So figuring out, so w- different ways to examine, um, what we do about our fear. So we talked about the, uh, we just mentioned that figuring out the context in which the fear comes up and then what we do so these are ways in which that we can explore our fear and then the last uh, if we move on to the next part the last thing is um as we explore figuring out um wh- you kind of you could evaluate it in the sense that you can start thinking about um how you reacted to it when it came up in the first place like was your reaction to the fear uh, godly uh, and healthy or was it a reaction that was really not healthy or maybe destructive or sinful so you can start with how did i more than even before you dig deeper into the fear itself maybe start with evaluating your reaction to it and seeing where your reaction or which camp your reaction falls in. And then um, a couple other questions you could ask is like um, another way to evaluate fear. Like is maybe you want to find out if this is really something important, if it's something minor. Uh, a question you could ask is should you really care about if this thing that you value is threatened, right? Remember fear comes up when something we value is under threat. So when you experience this fear, you could ask the question, is this thing that I value, that has brought up this fear, really worth valuing? Um, Because um, many times, uh, I'm not sure about many times, but there are times where we feel fear because of sin. Uh, or we have a secret sin that we want hidden. So there's a lot of anxiety around this secret sin because we want to hide it and make sure nobody finds it because it is our secret and we're going to keep it guarded and indulge in it when we want to, but make sure nobody finds it. But it is filled with lots of anxiety because there's a lot of shame associated with this sin. So you are constantly fear. Of be, You're in constant fear of being found out because you value this secret sin or you- That you have, right? Is it really something we need to value? No, right? This is a moment where it doesn't. It needs to come to the open. There needs to be uh, repentance. There needs to be forgiveness and grace, and there needs to be reconciliation, right? So, and then another way to evaluate your fear might be um, if it's not something that's related to sin, am I overvaluing this thing that has brought up this fear? So, this thing that I values under threat. So there I have fear. But is does this thing really have to be valued? Uh so a couple questions to help evaluate when you the fear, right, that you have. So I think many times when you kinda evaluate our sense, we probably notice that many of them probably fall into brackets where something unimportant has become important. Uh so like it at least it helps us make observations, decipher the things that we're holding on to. So now so we talked about what is fear, talked about how that it comes up when things that we value under threat. Uh, we talked about how it motivates us to when fear comes up, it pushes us to uh, seek safety or control or certainty. Uh, we mentioned that uh, there are ways to identify fears. And we also ex- once you identify a fear, there are ways you could explore to dig a little bit deeper by examining the context of your fear, or even evaluating the fear itself to see if the thing that you value is important, if it should be valued, right? If your reaction to the fear was healthy or not healthy. Uh, so now we're now coming down to so once we've done these identified it evaluated, how do we respond to our fear, right? Um What can we do about it? How do we respond? What do we do? So a couple practical things we started with before we get into the real meat of it. Um, for many of our everyday anxieties, um, simple exercises like when an anxiety comes up, controlling your breathing or practicing controlled breathing will really help. Uh, it is also known that uh, if you exercise regularly it keeps your anxiety levels down so simple practical things you could do for maybe the what i might call the mundane anxieties that come up um, but there are some really strong fears that many of us hold on to so how do we how do we respond to those so first thing as always, first thing, as we've seen with pretty much every emotion that we've talked about in the series of all the feels, we have to direct our focus to God, right? We turn to God in the midst of our fear, and uh, and we turn to God uh, in Scripture. There, Scripture really addresses this concern of fear um, very well. Um, a repeated theme throughout Scripture. Is do not be afraid or don't be afraid. So scripture is filled with encouragement for us who are who for all of us who experience fear in some way or some way or another. It the theme of do not be afraid, the theme of fear not is repeated throughout scripture. As we in you know, a we're in Almost in October, we'll be going into the Advent season soon with Christmas coming up. As we read the Christmas narratives, anytime God's messengers, angels show up, their first declaration is do not be afraid. So scripture really calls us to engage with it because there is it, ha- it offers a lot, as with anything else. When it comes to our fears, it offers a lot. Of encouragement. It offers a lot of comfort in that, uh, yes, fear exists, but we don't have to be afraid. So, for instance, uh, let's uh, start with uh, Psalm 27. Okay, so this is a Psalm that David wrote The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the Wicked advanced against me to devour me. It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Right? So he is expressing this idea of leaning into the Lord. And whom shall you be afraid of? Whom shall I be afraid of? Even when armies are coming to besiege, my heart will not fear. So. Fear can be overcome. Fear does not have to be in control. Control can be handed over to God. And scripture is calling us towards that journey to go from a place where maybe the fear is the focus to the focus being not being in fear, not being afraid. So, and there's, as I was Prepping for this, um, I came across this uh, statistic. I really don't know if this statistic is true or not, but it said like there are 365 phrases of "do not be afraid" in the Bible, one for each day. I don't think that is true, but it just goes to say there are so many instances where Scripture calls us to not be afraid, and not some kind of magic thing where you read "do not be afraid" instantly unafraid, but it calls you to come engage with scripture, calls you to come to God and lay your anxieties at his feet so that you can come out of this fear. Like First Peter 5, 7, right? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We have a God that cares about every single thing going on in our lives. And we have a God that cares about our fears. And we have a God that cares so much that he's called us to put all our fears at his feet so that we don't have to be afraid anymore so that he can speak to us and tell us, do not be afraid. So um, it is so um, interesting and exciting to see how much of scripture talks about this idea of not having to live in fear of how God is speaking to us constantly, telling us, do not be afraid. And it's because he is constantly with us, right? So, um, in, in there, I mean, scripture even addresses things like specific fears you may have, right? Um, many of us may have this, Fear of man, if you could call it, meaning you fear that man is in control of your life or a person like your boss or somebody else is more in control of your life than maybe God is, right? So, like, we have a couple of scriptures here that do really speak to us. Like Hebrews 13, 6 says, uh, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Or what can men do to me? Right? Expressing this idea expressing this thought that God is our helper, we will not be afraid, we will not be afraid of men, right? Or Psalm 56, 3 and 4, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust. I will not be afraid, what can man do to me, right? Again, this idea that when scripture tells us do not be afraid, it is not a It's not you take it and automatically you are not afraid. It is this process where even David said, he's saying that when I'm afraid, I put my trust. So when you're afraid, you come to God, right? And then you realize that you are leaning into God, that God is who you trust. And then eventually it will move on to a when I'm afraid to, I will not be afraid. And what can men do to me, right? So um, maybe you are, Fearful of being alone or being lonely. Um, Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and keep you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So God is always with you. Loneliness is a difficult thing. Uh, It does cause a lot of anxiety. And uh, um, when you value a relationship, if you find yourself being lonely, it can definitely cause fear. But God is always with us, right? So do not fear for I am with you is what God is speaking to us. Uh, Many of us have children. And children, because we value our children so much, fear comes up uh, many times. And so I think understanding that our God is the one that even created our own children, right, uh, before we had any intent, He was the one that was thinking about them. Like Psalm 139.13 13 said, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Like acknowledging that God cares for our children will bring us comfort in the midst of our fear because He is the one that has created them. Just like He created us in Jeremiah 1, five, the famous verses, Right. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. So, acknowledging that our children, God thought about our children even before they were born, and He was responsible for creating them. Uh, acknowledging that when uh, maybe the fear comes up, but it surprisingly enough, to get scriptures um, that encourage us uh, when we are being fearful. At least with this topic, it's a very simple Google search, right? Scripture is about when you are fear and a plethora come up where there is this repeated reinforced idea in Scripture that we are, that God is telling us, do not be afraid for he is with us. Uh, Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So, Many of the do not be afraid is reinforced to the fact that God assures us that he is with us, right? So, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. This is Psalm 34, 4 to 5. So many verses that speak to how we don't have to be afraid or fearful because our God is with us. Now, we talked about diving into scripture and um, engaging with scripture and thereby engaging with God when fears come up. Um, there is also another thing we can do, uh, which was a new idea to me, which I'd never really thought about before I engaged this topic. And this is an idea of rest. Uh, how does rest help me overcome fear or anxiety? Because at least myself, maybe some of you, uh, when fear and anxiety come up, what I find myself doing is keeping myself busy or getting distracted by things that might be good, but the things that keep me distracted, for instance, um, overworking, right? Or making sure you have an activity to do for every single hour of the day, right? Or making sure you stay in the office because you are anxious that, uh, about money or you're anxious about success. So you're going to try and do everything you can to distract yourself from the fear you have by making sure you have enough control and overworking. So many times, busyness by in doing something is a way that uh, we cope with these fears that have crept up. So when that is the case, rest is a way where we can pull back from these things that have kept us busy. Where that means that you stop checking work emails in the evening or you maybe stop doing a couple activities that have kept you really busy, or you pull back from serving somewhere and just rest. Uh, Why is this important? Because this is an act of showing God that we trust Him right in the midst of our fears, that you are relinquishing some of this control that fear has motivated you towards to take for yourself and giving up this control that you have to God. And in that process, resting, and helping him come into this place that fear has been motivating and controlling you. So that is one way. But now I kind of want to go back to this idea that God is with us, right? Um, this might be for me when I realized this, it was a bit humorous, but, um, uh, as I was reading the, the book that called, Untangling emotions, which is what um, a lot of the ideas about fear are based on. It's it's a good read. Uh, the author was talking about how um, he is afraid of the dark. However, when he is in, going into a dark room, if his cat is with him, he is no longer afraid of the dark. Just the presence of somebody, in this case, a pet, was enough to alleviate uh, fear. Um, <clears throat> um, many of us adults may. Not like to admit it, but uh, it, there is a there's a good amount of adults who are still afraid of the dark. Uh, I might be one of them. Uh, but if I were to walk into a dark room, if I'm by myself, anxiety level is higher. But if my four-year-old daughter or my six or my seven-year-old son is with me, there is no anxiety, right? Um, so it is uh, very interesting that how. When we acknowledge somebody else's presence that anxiety and fear levels really come down. So, um, so this is something to keep in mind when there is fear in our lives, speaking to somebody and sharing our fears and having an open, honest conversation with somebody uh, will really help in bringing down those levels of anxiety or those levels of fear, um, to know that there's somebody there. Uh, that is to, to know that there's somebody there with you. But more so is, uh, I think sometimes we forget the idea, uh, the reality that God is always present with us. Uh, sometimes, um, we pray that God be with somebody, uh, but really forgetting that he never left or that we need him to come back. No, like his spirit, resides in us, right? It is currently living in us. So his spirit is, so God is always with us. Uh, He is, we are never alone, even when you might think that you were physically alone, you are still never alone. So getting to terms and acknowledging the fact that God is constantly with us, will help us not to be afraid. Um, Because that acknowledgement alone, knowing that His presence is truly with us, right? It, it Maybe there's no physical person standing next to us, but we know that His Spirit resides in us and is uh, housed in us. So that acknowledgement that God is with us really should give us um, the comfort that uh, we don't have to be afraid or that uh, we don't have to dwell in our anxiety. So... So again, we were talking about fear today. We kind of talked about what fear is and how it's related to the things we value. Um, we touched upon that it motivates us to, um, when it comes up, it motivates us towards safety or control and uh, uh, certainty. And depending on how we go about it, it, can have either healthy effects or unhealthy effects. And then we talked about how we could identify fears and explore them and evaluate them to see if uh, the things that we value that these fears stem from should be valued or if they're worth valuing uh, valuing. and then we also talk about how we could respond when our fears come up and simple things like exercise and breathing uh, but more so uh, scripture um, is one of the best ways we can respond to our fears because or any fear that we have because scripture is filled with encouragement to do not be afraid because God is with us. He is constantly present no matter what uh, fearful situation or whatever anxiety-filled situation we're in. He is a constant. His Spirit resides in us, so we don't have to be afraid. And also, resting. If uh, the way you cope with fear is being extremely busy so you don't have to think about it, resting Giving up some of that control back to God, pulling back from things and having some time of rest, uh, would be one, an act, really truly be an act of worship because you would be giving back control, putting trust back, uh, to God and laying your anxieties at his uh, feet uh, because he cares for you. So, uh, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to come and, uh, share about fear. Um, All of us grapple with it, and God is well aware of it, and he speaks to us, saying to us constantly, do not be afraid, for he is with us. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. I'm going to go ahead and pray and uh, close this up. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are always with us. Thank you that you are constantly there. We ask that you would help remind us that you are always with us. We know that you have not left. Uh, That you would give us uh, the mindfulness to know that you are present with us always. Even maybe we feel alone, you are still there. And uh, we ask that you would help us to not be afraid. Uh, That uh, you would help us to evaluate some, wherever fear comes from, you help us to evaluate it and see what it's stemming from. And that we would bring those concerns to you. Lord, we Thank you for being in the midst of us. We thank you for being with us in the midst of our fear. We also thank you for calling us out of our fear. Uh, We love you. We thank you again. We're so filled with gratitude towards you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, Consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.